Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who knows nothing about dinosaurs, not even Flintstone vitamins, my homo sapien friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling great today. A little tired from a long week here, but always excited to podcast. And I was rather interested in dinosaurs as a young man, although I haven't thought about them in a while. Well, you said you're low on energy. Have you been taking any kind of vitamins? I have not. Perhaps, you know, maybe maybe Dr. Stegron could help me out with some <laughs> dino vitamins, huh? Do you know what Flintstone vitamins are, Eddie? Yes, of course. They're the we, Flintstone we, of course. vitamins. I, all right. I'm not sure if it's generationally. I mean, this is like, <laughs> for me, it was like candy. I don't know what it was for you. So <laughs> I would eat those things all the time. But... Uh, you mentioned Stegron. He's in one of the three Marvel team-ups we're going to talk about today. Um, these three books take place at the same time as The Amazing Spider-Man issues 130, 131, and 132. And Eddie, since we're going to do three books today, I thought there should be three of us on the podcast tonight. Ah, good news, James B. There are three of us on tonight because we have a guest. Introducing Dana. We are fired up to have you join us. How are you doing today and how long have you been a Spider-Man fan, Dana? Hey guys, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, so this is my first ever read-through of Amazing Spider-Man. And I guess I was first introduced to the character by, while watching the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, the same Raimi ones, like forever ago in the theater. And I've kind of followed the character through the films and slowly started following the animated shows and even... Right more slowly started reading the comics and I'm still not caught up to your podcast. Um, and then when Spider-Man was introduced into the MCU films at the tail end of the Infinity Saga after Civil War, I caught on when the new Spider-Man came into the scene. And I think there is no better time than right now to be a Spider-Man fan and an MCU fan too, like in the middle of Marvel phase four, now with the whole multiverse opened and everything. Well, speaking of Phase 4, let's start off today with a book featuring the love interest of a Marvel Phase 4 hero. This is a Marvel team-up without Spider-Man, uh, but we'll cover it anyway. Eddie, why don't you do the honors? Ah, from February 1974, Stan Lee presents the Hulk and the Human Torch together in Marvel Team-Up 18, Where Bursts the Bomb. Written by Len Wein, art by Gil Kane, inked by Yakoya and Esposito. Did you? I, yes, I wrote it phonetically for I you. I saw that. Because <laughs> you, you can't do those anyway. So, cool. Professor Paxton Pentecost has finally succeeded in resurrecting Blastar, a reoccurring villain from the Fantastic Four who escaped the negative zone, a nasty place which we saw earlier in Marvel Team-Up 2. Blastar tries to attack Professor Pentecost, but the professor has control over him and wants him to destroy a special building made from adamantium, uh, Dana, you're some sort of sciencey person, right? Do you know anything about adamantium? Yeah, I'm something of a scientist myself. Um, so adamantium <laughs> is a fictional metal alloy in the Marvel um, universe, and you won't find it on your periodic table. It was invented by Roy Thomas, and you can find it in Wolverine's claws, Cap's shield, and Ultron's AI robots, not to be confused with vibranium or palladium. All right, follow, follow up question. Hold on. Wait, I, 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 I got a comment. All right, you got one. All right, what's the closest, uh, what's adamantium's closest here on Earth? Like, what could be the closest thing we could go with? Oh, it's like a transition metal, right? So it's like aluminum or like one of those. Adamantium's like aluminum? Yeah, it's a transition metal. 
Okay, all right. I can rip through aluminum. It doesn't sound that strong anymore. Okay. It's fortified aluminum. Let's, let's bring a scientist on and have them talk about the faux metal in the in this issue, James B. Thank you for that explanation, Dana. Anytime. I, that's, why, that's why I asked what would today's equivalent be. Oh, thank you. Eddie, I got news for you. None of this is real. <laughs> The professors in the show and the books aren't really professors. Like none what? of this is just all fiction. What's been, uh, what? It's all lies. James B. Tell tell me about Spider Man. He's in this issue. I can't right? tell you about Spider Man because he's not even in this issue. Oh, but you know who is in this issue is Wyatt Wingfoot. Practically the same thing. He's riding along on a sky motorcycle with Johnny Storm flying above him. Uh, they encounter Blastar, who blasts the torch into the air, where Hulk sees him and catches him. Uh, the torch tricks Hulk into helping him stop Blastar. Uh, in the end, we learn that Ferguson Blaine, this millionaire, bought stock in the company, and then he fired Pentecost when the construction was being done on the building. Um, Hulk encases Blastar inside the adamantium, because there's no aluminum around, and he wraps him up in a ball and chucks him into the Atlantic Ocean. Johnny feels very sympathetic towards uh, Pentecost. Eddie, are we supposed to consider this millionaire Blaine or Professor Pentecost the villain? Well, Pentecost is, he's, he's done some pretty bad things here, but I can hardly ever side with a shady businessman who basically steals from a scientist. So sorry, Blaine, no dice from, no dice from me. Seriously, you, so you think the millionaire is the villain in the story? He's, he's, he's stolen intellectual property in an underhanded way. I, I, no, I no, Eddie, the, happens. The book is doing like a like we stopped the villain, or like Professor Pentecost. He brought back from the dead uh, a negative zone monster to like destroy an entire building and terrorize the world. And then at the end, Johnny's just kind of give him a like, hey, Blaine, you're no better. That's kind of what he's giving me. But Blaine's not the villain. Well, if he had just managed to help keep the factory as a partnership, we wouldn't be in this situation. Right. So. Well, I'll tell you, Dana, mm-hmm. can, you get, can, we, can we settle this, please? We can move on. Yeah, who's right? Out, Dana. Who's the villain? Um, I think any um, manufactured monster that's going to destroy half of Manhattan seems pretty villainous to me. Dana, since you chose the right answer there, um, I promised you earlier that I would tell you who the phase four character the right is. Answer. It is the right answer. <laughs> um, do you have any guess who it might be? Um. I'm not sure. Who do you? Th- who are you thinking about? Well, She-Hulk's boyfriend uh-huh. is Wyatt. Is Wyatt Wingfoot? Oh, I didn't yeah, know so that. Which is Wyatt tough for him. Wingfoot. He's like, yeah, Wyatt Wingfoot, who's essentially a guy. Let's go to a book that has Spider-Man in it. Got it. From March 1974, Stanley presents the Spider-Man and Kazar together in Marvel Team-Up 19: The Coming of Stegron, the Dinosaur Man, written by Len Wein, art by Gil Kane, inked by Frank Yekoya. Spidey is web parachuting into the Savage Land to help Kurt Connors find Dr. Stegron, a half-man, half-dinosaur. Dana, are you okay with the Savage Land being in Antarctica? I mean, I don't know. I, I just cannot believe that the, there's a hidden jungle in Antarctica, of all places. And I know there's hidden deserts and made in other um, geographical anomalies. And geologists believe that Antarctica will be a jungle in about 100 million years, give or take. Okay. But there's a lot about Antarctica that scientists don't know, and I know they're studying like lakes and ice fossils for clues, but I don't know, maybe in 1974 there's no hidden jungle in it. 
we only needed another million years before uh, we'll be able to go visit the Savage Land. We won't have to wait 100 million years to find Kazar and Zabu in the Savage Land because they're helping Spidey with a few feisty dinos. The pair are captured by the Swamp Men and take, taken to a temple. There, Dr. Segron, in snaky dino form, explains he wants to return dinosaurs as the rightful rulers of Earth. Spidey and Kazar escape the village to find Dino Stegron boarding a flying ark. Kazar takes care of Stegron's dinosaurs while we end with Spidey latching onto the ark filled with dinosaurs heading to New York City. Eddie, you said that Kazar takes care of Stegron's dinosaurs. What did you think of the result of the battle with the T-Rex? I, I mean, I understand Kazar to be a very strong, agile man. We could say Tarzan-like, right? Right? Does everyone agree this is Kazar? He's not any particular superpower? Yeah, he's Tarzan. Yeah, he looks like Tarzan to me. Right? And he takes down a <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex in this <laughs> by snapping its neck. Is that what we also think happened? But, but you and I have a different problem with this battle. Your problem is the the logical physical how does he kill him yes my problem is Kazar kills a dinosaur like he couldn't find a way to like put it down without killing it he, yeah being the ruler of the savage land you would think he would have a little more sway with the inhabitants of the savage land maybe you know like a gentle pet on the nose <laughs> might calm down the t-rex or something like well, that let me let me just if you don't mind for a moment this is page 31 of the issue let me see how long it takes Kazar to kind of work on this problem. He says, turn long tail or perish at Kazar's hand. Then it says, suddenly the great Tyrannosaurus rears once. Then Kazar warned the long tail, but the long tail would not turn. And so the long tail died. So he gives him one panel and then he kills him. Yeah. So, um, Danny, you okay with someone killing a dinosaur? There are few and far between dinosaurs, so I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> I'm not okay with it. And like you said, I think Kazar has some kind of like natural, innate like knowledge of how the dinosaurs, like their physiology yes. and anatomy and all that. So maybe he knows their behavior and he could not have to kill a dinosaur because I don't think Spider-Man wants to kill a dinosaur either. So yeah, Spider-Man doesn't want to fight a dinosaur. He states that very openly several times. He seems rather unhopeful in all of his battles against the dinosaurs. So... Um, I, I do like one of the lines that Stegrod says in this. Did we see the part where Kazar and Spider-Man are captured? They're all tied up with the Swamp Men. And Stegrod says, behave or my obedience servants will be forced to perforate you both. <laughs> perforate you both? Yeah. This has got to be the most kind of casual <laughs> way of saying you're going to get stabbed a whole it's, bunch of times. It's, it's actually pretty good writing. Um, every time he speaks, if there's a letter S, they triple it, too. For I like reason. that a lot about Stegron. I, I started to poke around. I wanted to be the, what's my favorite Stegron line? But mine's in the next issue, so I'll, I'll bring it up then. Okay. Anything else before we move on to issue 20? I have a problem. I'm looking again at earlier in the book here when Doc Connors is first talking to Spider-Man. So this would be on page six, the first panel. And just this one panel, and I, I'm just like, what what's going on here? And it says... This is Doc Connors talking to Spider-Man, just him talking. He goes, for some reason, I've yet to divine Stegron became obsessed with the experiments. It goes, became convinced that if lizard extract could turn a man into a human lizard, then dinosaur extract could, well, you get my point. So I have two things I wanted to ask here. 
The first one is, how does Professor Stegron know that lizard extract could turn a man into a lizard? Because this isn't public knowledge, is it? It's, yeah, it shouldn't be public knowledge, right? Because that would be dangerous to know for Doc Connors. He could be arrested for all the violent crimes he did as the lizard, I guess. And then my second question, Dana, for you, would mm-hmm. be, do you think we could take dinosaur extract and make a, you know, dinosaur person? Like, would that, would that fly? Can you do that? Well, no, James B., but I'll tell you what we can do in the lab. We can take an embryo, an unhatched dinosaur, like a chicken egg, and we can manipulate the hawk's genes and give them a tail and, like, different modifications to turn them into a looking, like, dinosaur thing that will grow up. But that's as far as the science can take us right now in 2022. All right. Something, right? It's, you know. Did you want to talk about Stegron's tail at all, Dana? I just wanted to know, they keep mentioning his tail. Like, why didn't he just cut his tail <laughs> off? <laughs> Wait, they keep mentioning, what do you mean? They keep mentioning his tail? Stegron's tail. Like, oh, my tail so good. It's going to knock off your webbing or whatever. Just cut the tail off, man. <laughs> like, like Spider-Man or Kazar? Yeah. Huh? One of them. I think it would be shocking if uh, Spider-Man was cutting off Stegron's tail. But um, anything else you want to talk about Stegron, Dana? <laughs> My question is, why would he want to be a dinosaur? Like, I don't understand his motive behind that. Maybe as a human, he even wanted dinosaurs to rule the world again. My, you know, my thing in this conversation that I noticed is that Spider-Man has created himself what I would describe as a web hammock. This is the third time he's done this. Do you see Spider-Man just like chilling in a couple of different webs that are hanging down while he's talking to Doc Connors? Have you seen this? Yeah, I love his web hammocks. <laughs> For me, the web hammock kind of states everything we need to know about Marvel team-ups, right? Like if Spider-Man's going to be going around sitting in a web hammock... That's the seriousness we can analyze anything <laughs> in these books. But, you know, uh, let's, let's finish up with our last one here. James B.? From April 1974, Stanley presents Spider-Man and the Black Panther together in Marvel Team-Up 20, Dinosaurs on Broadway. Written by Len Wein, art by Sal Buscema, inked by Yakoya and Esposito. Spidey has snuck aboard the dinosaur-laden Ark from the Savage Land. A scaly Professor Stegron is guiding the flying vessel to New York City. When Spidey ambushes him, Stegron defeats Spidey and chucks him overboard. Thankfully, Black Panther is flying by, spots Spidey, and catches him. Yeah, of course it's the Black Panther and not the hero from the last book. Why not? <laughs> the flying hero from the last book, mm-hmm. no less. <laughs> um, hey, Dana, you know, Marvel Team Up started off when Eddie and I were doing this as three issues in a row with Spider-Man teamed up with the Human Torch. After that, for the next 147 issues, which is the full run, there will only be three times that the hero continues with Spider-Man into the next issue. All three times it's to face the same villain. Do you like or dislike how the heroes and villains just constantly go in and out of Marvel team up? I I have to say, I kind of don't like how the villains just show up for the sake of being a villain and then you kind of don't see them again. I like reading long narratives and like returning characters. And I think that's what Amazing Spider-Man does really well. And um, yeah, I just I don't think that it makes for a very strong story. Yeah, well, Marvel team up is not considered like you know the highlight of the spider-man runs yeah you know it's what it is it brings out the kind of campy aspect of spider-man so yeah it's a 
it's okay with me. I, I don't mind too much. As long as I can get back to reading normal Amazing Spider-Man. Eddie, where did Spidey learn how to sneak attack someone? <laughs> okay, all right. So let's just play this out here. Stegron is... Not, I really like his stance. He's on the arc. It's open-aired, by the way. They're flying to New York City. I don't even know how long it's going to take, but whatever. Um, and Spidey's crawling up the side of the arc, and he goes, so far, so good. Steggy hasn't seen me yet. And if I can tackle him fast enough, all I'll see is the stars. And when Spider-Man goes to tackle Stegron... He doesn't even get a shot in before he gets whacked by his tail. It's just the worst kind of, you know, possibility for Spider-Man to do something here. Thankfully, he does eventually web him down, but ah, Spider-Man gets chucked into the ocean at the end of this terrible battle. Um, and I'll go on with uh, Stegron manages to land his ship in Central Park and unleashes his dino horde on the locals. Thankfully, Spidey and Black Panther show up to do battle not too long after. Oh, can I jump in with my line? This is my Yeah, let's hear it, James name. B. <clears throat> I can't do all the sounds, but I'll do the best <laughs> I can. <laughs> Thus, I do hereby claim the Manhattan Island in the name of the Holy Dinosaur Empire. I love that he comes in, he's got a purpose. He's not just like, I'm destroying everything. He's, he's, he's claiming it. He, now I know why he, wa- he wants to be the ruler of the world. With the dinosaurs. No, legit. This is what he's, he was thinking. He's like, I'll be a dinosaur. I'll take the dinosaurs and we'll go rule the world because yeah. dinosaurs are the best. That's what he's thinking. Well, Spider-Man latches onto a pterodactyl carrying Stegron and knocks him off as he flies over the Hudson River. Stegron <laughs> disappears into the sea. And Spidey waxes philosophically with Kurt Connors and Black Panther about how poorly dinosaurs swim. James B. What do you think about the interaction between Dr. Connors and Dr. Stegron about the serum? Yeah, so I'm looking now near the end of the book, and you know they're, they're all standing there. They're all the main characters. You got Stegron, the Black Panther, Spider Man, and and he says, Stegron, Vincent, I beg you to listen to me. I've just come from our lab investigating the serum you swallowed. You must listen to what I have to say. There is no cure for your condition. I'm like, wait, what? None what? of it makes any sense. I'm like, wait, what do you? He's like, he didn't. Did he want a cure? I'm like, and he's like, is this how he's going to be for the rest of his life? I'm like, did I miss something, guys? Did he was Stegron hoping there was a cure for his condition? I thought he wanted to be a, a dinosaur, right? I think Spider Man thinks that his like thinking is off, and he wants to help him. He wants to reach out to him. Uh, that's what it. I mean, he gave it to himself. I thought this was written so the so the reader would know that. He's always a dinosaur now, and ah, and we have to destroy yeah. him. Like he can't be saved. It's 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 not like we, we could save the man and change him back into a man. Nope, well, it's too late. He's a dinosaur forever. I, I was more upset about Stegron dying from Spider-Man's hand here, right? This is it's pretty sad, and Spider-Man's really beating himself up about it at the end too. I think the reason I disagree with this is we've been reading a lot of books lately where people are dying, and. I feel a lot better when I see the body. Oh. In our last podcast, we had an explosion which destroyed all of Canada. Mm-hmm. It didn't kill Doc Ock and Hammerhead, but we didn't see the bodies. We don't. And we've had a lot of, like, he. It, I'm looking at this here. He's sinking into the water. Where's Stegron himself? Probably drifting out to sea with the tide by now. I don't think it's what you think it is, And guys. Spider-Man goes, well, dinosaurs aren't great swimmers, so. <laughs> he, says, no, he says, notoriously lousy swimmers, too. Yep. 
Okay. I, that's why I'm not as concerned as you guys are. Sorry. Stegron might be back, huh? Well, I, all right. Now, tell us about MJ in this one, since we bypassed her totally. I love MJ. She's the greatest. <laughs> she comes in and she's like, hey, like, I got to go find Peter. Also, yeah, I don't think it was a good move to maybe run into a dinosaur attack. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they they like to have a character from the book come over so people like you are like, ooh, MJ's in this book. I'll buy yeah. this book. You know, um, so much. Yeah. But do you think if it was like the Scarlet Witch or like Thor instead of um, Black Panther, the battle would be over like too quickly? Right. They picked They're this. They picked, yeah. do you, well, Black Panther and Kaiser are jungle heroes fighting against a jungle menace, True. right? So they're trying to keep with the theme. But like Doctor Strange could just like wipe them out, you know, like Whoa. Well Doctor Doctor Strange is in the next issue actually and he's oh, fighting yeah, he is. he's yeah. fighting a sorcerer. Ooh. We yeah, we um, we always have this problem. Like it's like if Spider Man's gonna fight a mobster, he has a cold or a broken arm. You know, like yeah. the situation always lands so that there's some, you know, balance balance and reality to the battle Mm -hmm. you know like i like when he flexes his intelligence and he does like less work because he's like that smart yeah could you think of a time that he did that in these books he could analyze the weakness like he's talking about like the tonsils of dinosaurs and that they can't swim like he should use that knowledge to his advantage i think when he's fighting them yeah yeah um my favorite line today is the following one bah it is not enemy after all is only dumb torch Wasted Hulk's time, and, the tor- and then Hulk drops the Human Torch. <laughs> the, yeah. That that was my favorite line. I I really enjoyed them being perforated, but like, that is the best line out of these three books. And they're just like the torch and Hulk. My favorite was when they break the fourth wall. He's like, "You remember like issue issue fifty, give or take a few or whatever." Forgetful stand. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Yes. And then he says, like, this dinosaur is from the late Triassic, not that Peter Parker cares or something. And I was like, oh, what a coincidence. I don't care either. So <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question, if I could. Um, do you think Black Panther was utilized here well? Oh, it, almost certainly not. I mean, we, he only utilized as a person to fight, essentially, and save Spider-Man. It's not a good cameo of him. Yeah, he saved Spider-Man from flying off the aircraft, and then he was just kind of like a second person in the lab. Yeah, that was it. It doesn't portray Black Panther as very helpful or kind of independent of what's going on. I, we could get a little bit more about Black Panther. I thought so, too. I'll tell you what. Let's throw in a sponsor, and then... While I'm giving the sponsor, you guys might be able to think of something else you wanted to talk about from this issue or not. Okay. okay? Sounds good. Eddie, would you like your daughters to problem solve and take a closer look at the world around them? Of course. That would be great. Well, Eddie, there's a club they can join, and it's not about selling a box (laughs) of animal crackers to raise money. It's not about helping the community, which really does like nothing for your daughters. (laughs) It's about gaining the confidence, Eddie, for young ladies to crush the competition crushed them literally on the back of a 15-ton brontosaurus and literally soaring above peer pressure on the neck of a brontosaurus when there's tough times in school. Eddie, the holy dinosaur empire (laughs) does things to build young ladies' curiosity and their can-do spirit so young girls don't get marginalized in today's workforce. And yes, they can earn badges such as hitting mugger with a tail, open the fire hydrant in the street, tip the auto, etc., etc., and they'll have a blast along the way. It's what the Holy Dinosaur Empire is all about. 
You must be five or older to participate. Hit them up on Twitter at Holy Dino EMP or check out their Facebook page at Holy Dinosaur Empire. The Holy Dinosaur Empire, where girls' careers don't go extinct. Eddie, are you ready to sign them up? So I'm putting my girls into a religious cult that plays with wild, giant, exotic animals. That's that's what this... Uh, it sounds slightly dangerous, I would say. It's Black Panther, a counselor. I, maybe. This is about your girls being put in a position <laughs> of power. These Your girls, maybe they want to grow up and be um, businesswomen. Maybe they want to grow up and be a scientist. But they're being kept <laughs> down because... Society's like, oh, you should just go sell cookies door to door and make flower beds and do other things like that. You need, this is an opportunity for them to step up and be like, we're, you know, wow. we matter. We're, we're here too, Eddie. Um, and with the help of dinosaurs. Hmm. Well, Eddie. All right. Well, I, I, the, what is, what is, Dana, what do you have to say about this? Just to be clear. I think no, no one empowers young women more than a dinosaur can. Hmm. Do you think you would have been able to be a better a better learner and more curious about the world if you could have been out there riding on a dinosaur rather than what did you do as a child that you could have benefited from if you had this ability more confidence maybe? I think like on the back of a brontosaurus, I think I would have gotten a lot of perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I, you know, James B., I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> My daughters are already, they, they get put themselves into enough danger on a daily basis doing normal activities, let alone. Keep bringing up danger, but I think you're missing, there's no danger riding on the rhinosaurus. It's being underneath it. That's the problem. Heavily trained. Look, I think Mary Jane would approve, too. She's all about the danger. <laughs> mm. Yep. Well. And I'll tell you who's not about brontosauruses and dinosaurs. That would be Kazar the man. <laughs> He's all anti-dinosaurs, so that's all you got to know about that. Killing dinosaurs. <sighs> Speaking of Kazar, um, what did you guys think about? Uh, we had a lot of a lot of help in these issues between Hulk and the Human Torch and Kazar and the Black Panther. Um, Dana, is there any one that you learned a little bit more about today that you're like, hey, I'm kind of more interested in that superhero? Um, I really wanted to learn more about Black Panther, um, like his skill set, and I feel like his. Like, the tech from Wakanda is so advanced, it could have, like, annihilated the dinosaurs and the problem, but, like, it just wasn't shown. So, I guess Black Panther. Dana, anything else you want to tell us about Spider-Man or these vintage comics? Yeah, so I've enjoyed um, reading these Silver Age Stanley Steve Ditko run of comics, and I really like Peter Parker as a character, and I don't know if it's because of his youthfulness or that he's a science major like me. I feel like people of all ages can connect with him. You know, I, Eddie, I don't know if you recall, but do you remember that the first date for Gwen and Peter is at like a science expo or a science museum? Yes, they're at, they're on like a tour that a, a burglar shows up, right? And threatens Gwen. I, I do remember this. It's, it's our episode 33 podcast. And I wrote down, Peter asked Gwen to the science expo. And she makes a point of saying, you know, I'm a science major. And you were very impressed yeah. that they had Gwen being a science major back in the 1960s and 1970s. You know what I mean? Um, Dana, if somebody wanted to reach out and say, hey, Dana, you did a great job. And they were going to send you like a tweet or something. Uh, how would they reach you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at a future movie. And Eddie, how could people get a hold of us if they wanted to tell us uh, that Dana was terrible? And we should never have her back. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can email us at let's read spider-man at gmail.com or find us on twitter at let's read spidey eddie we you should have said no. We would never say that about Daily. It was wonderful. But I don't know. You just rolled right along with that. So, I'm James B. Joined by Eddie, and by our guest Dana. And remember, listeners, if a horde of dinosaurs attacks your city, just go for a swim, and you'll be fine. Because dinosaurs are lousy swimmers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'm on, like, Amazing Spider-Man 121, and I'm so depressed about it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Are, are you finished with it? You're in the beginning still. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Just give this man a break. This poor man. He has an ulcer. He had to go to Montreal. He came back. This. He has a cold. Like, come on. <laughs>